Hey folks, before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to take a moment and invite you all to our first ever end of year live stream. We're going to be hosting it on our TBU YouTube page on Thursday, December 28th at 8 p.m. Central Time. So join me as well as other members of the TBU staff as we look back on 2023 and talk about our hopes for the Batman universe in 2024. So again, join us this coming Thursday, December 28th at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Batman Universe's YouTube channel. I hope to see you all there. Enjoy the episode. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by thebatmanuniverse.net. Here, we love talking about everything Batman. TheBatmanUniverse.net has news, original content, and reviews about Batman comics, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. Check out TheBatmanUniverse.net and join our Discord server to start chatting with fellow fans. We can't wait to talk to you guys. Also, visit our Patreon page and join our other awesome supporters. But enough of this nonsense. On with the show. Welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 15, Episode 24, last episode of the year. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me... This is Dev. And this is Theo. And, well, this is the last episode of the year, so what are we looking forward to in 2024 for DC Comics? Well, Batman Universe Comics. Oh, man. Um, Wonder Woman? You mean Super Sons. I mean Super Sons. Um, yeah, more Super Sons. I might actually buy that. They're doing a collection of those Super Sons in like a single issue. I might buy that. Uh, Hex, yeah, you oh. better know I'm going to do that. So yeah, that collection. And Wait, what? you're not reading Wonder Woman. You got to catch up, man. I'm not reading Wonder Woman. I'm just going to re- get the backups. Um, and I know this might be a fool's wish, but I really hope Catwoman gets a new writer. And I kind of hope Tech gets a new writer. But those are wishful things. I, I mean, eventually only, both of those things will happen. Both, I just don't know if it'll happen next year. I will only I will only counter that by saying kind of. I, 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 I definitely I don't want to say mean thing. <laughs> well, I'll say mean things. It's not mean. It's factual i mean catwoman has just been horrid every single issue that i've read whether by mistake or (laughs) purposely have been terrible and that includes the horrendous gotham war well and and i think that 
the fact that when Catwoman got a wider readership through the Gothamore crossover, it was universally hated indicates that, yeah, it's it's just a crappy comic. And tech, I mean, as a lifelong Batman fan who has an overwhelming majority of all of the issues of Detective Comics, if I wasn't a collector, I probably would stop pulling. That's just how I feel. So and I and I say that with all due respect to Ron V. I'm I'm a big fan of his. You know, I, I will always remember what he did on Catwoman. I loved his story and Layla Star. Wait, was that Ron V? No. Wait. Yeah, that is that is late Ron V. I think I think it's just a a mistake like a mismatch. I I just don't think he was the right writer for tech and we were wrong. And that's okay. Yeah. Not everybody's a good fit for every title. Anyway, didn't mean to bring down the thing too much, but yeah. <laughs> but Theo, what are what are you looking forward to in twenty twenty four in Batman Universe comics? Kinda said it already. I I need I need oh, anything those, like positive. I need those. Well, no, I mean, I, I guess I'm just being factual. I, I need those things to be fun again, or or at least interesting. You know, not a task to read and. You know, I, I kind of hope that the same goes for Batman itself, you know, because there have been there have been some rough patches in Zdowski's run. So I, I, I think Jorge Jimenez's art has kind of saved it for me. I really I really want to see more of Dan Moore. I don't need him anywhere out of DC or anywhere in the Batman universe in general. And I got to catch up on World's Finest because it's from how Scott has done with his reviews it's been up and down but generally an okay i've enjoyed it it's just this latest arc was a little too big for my palette like it's just a lot of superheroes a lot of stuff going on i but i i do love the art i still look at it i'll page through it because dan Moore is just oh. just kiss just kiss i'm looking forward to the dan jurgens mike perkins bat dash man first night batman in world war so I I think it's really cool that Dan Moore, uh, sorry Dan Jurgens is finally getting a black label. I think it's very interesting that he's choosing a Batman story, and I think that this could be exciting. I'll wait to see if he's the Papa Spank Batman before I get excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jurgens wouldn't do that. At least he wouldn't do that sincerely. Like he would make fun of that if he did it. Yeah, I could I could see if 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 it happens, it happens in a funny condescending way to the entire concept yeah i don't think he would endorse it i think it would be a satire or like explicitly not okay um so let's move on to a little bit of news we've got batman dark age by mark russell and mike allred and it's going to be similar to what he did with superman space age and then over at marvel he did the um fantastic four life story similar to chip zadarsky's spider-man life story so trying to sort of retell in his own style batman and go through the decades in history and do kind of a meta take on the history of the character uh you guys have any comments on Batman Dark Age? Oh. <laughs> um, so Ian and I were kind of talking about this the other day on the server. Um, I am I am a fan of I'm a fan of Mark Russell, and I generally like his stuff going all the way back to Press, uh, which was criminally canceled before it even got good. But um, I'm interested to see what happens here. So I'm I am on board until proven otherwise. I'm just not a Mark Russell guy, so I'm not 
super excited about this. I do like Mike Allred's art, though. We have a bit of news on the faux simile Batman 428 um, alternate version of Death of the Family where Robin lives. It is apparently getting a second printing with the uh, He's Alive Batman holding Robin's body and smiling as the cover instead of the original cover that they did the faux simile with. Um, I think it's really interesting that they're they're going so hard on this. Uh, I'm not sure why, but it apparently is paying off because they're doing a second printing. Me neither. I mean, I think I get it. I, I, I mean, when I heard about it, I thought that was really interesting. Now that I've read it, I'm less interested. But oh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. And last thing is just a comment. It's not really news, but we're having a banana scratch and sniff cover for the April anthology. Uh. I think that's hilarious after the sound chip roar covers for Godzilla versus Kong versus Justice League title. So DC is going really wacky on their covers and I haven't bought any of them yet. So I don't know. I think there's a market for fun covers. I think they should do like Valentine's Day chocolate because that'd be fun. Oh, chocolate is the worst. Wait, are you saying scratch and sniff? Yeah. Chocolate is the worst scratch and sniff smell. Oh. Banana's really? not great, but chocolate, no one can do chemical chocolate good. Well. Huh. Well, what would, what about strawberry? That's okay. But chemical strawberry is still obnoxious. I mean, are any scratch and sniffs no, really that no, good? No, there's no good scratch and sniff. <laughs> I could see them doing like fall is apple for apple cider. You, oh, that would be good. In, you know, as kids, you know, growing up, it was all good, you know, but as adults with better sense, None of it makes sense, and I have no interest in getting a scratch and sniff that will probably last about three days before it loses. It, it, it might, you know, unless they seal the bag up, it might lose its scent before it even hit newsstands. Yeah. I think that the the sound chip covers are a better idea. Sounds expensive. Yeah, they're very expensive. And see, I would be just the type of person that will open up all of the covers to run out the battery before someone picks up <laughs> Such a but joke. that's just evil me that that's so bad <laughs> that's diabolical of you all right well let's move on we've got two reviews and a full greater gotham to cover so i'm gonna start us off with detective comics number 1079 <laughs> The main story is called Gotham Nocturne Intermezzo Batman Outlaw Part 4. Written by Ram V. Art by Jason Sean Alexander and Liam Sharp. Colors by Dave Stewart. As Catwoman sees Batman's body hanging, she thinks that the Orgums have won. Her team mourns. Oracle, Azrael, Cheshire and Shoes, Cassandra Kane Batgirl and Mr. Freeze as Shavad claims victory. Oracle asks Catwoman for direction. Shoes and Cheshire break free of their attackers, and Azrael faces Gale the Wolfman. As Shavad demands Selina surrender her to her, Catwoman reveals that she's actually Aiko Hasegawa, the second Catwoman, and uses a smoke bomb to break free. Selina, disguised as an Orgum guard, steals Batman's body, still living, but poisoned by one of Ivy's concoctions. Solomon Grundy, Cheshire, and Shoes arrive to help escort Batman's body to Gordon and his van. Freeze betrays Cassandra, letting the attempt to destroy the reality attention founder. Renee Montoya dons the mask of the question again and fights the Orgum. The last part of Selina's heist remains. Get Batman's body to Talia's boat at the dock. So... 
did you like the twist? So last issue, the middle of this arc, it was Batman was hanging and it, it felt like they lost. And obviously when we reviewed it, we're like, of course, he's not dead. This is a heist. It's good. But did you feel like the twist where they revealed how he's not dead was satisfying and fun? Okay. So when Catwoman ended up being Ico, I was like, I told you, I told Theo or Ian that she was part of the group. I knew it. So that was kind of cool. And then, yeah, so I didn't expect Catwoman to be the guard. I read through the one speech bubble explanation of how he survived. And I read it a few times. And I was like, it doesn't make any sense. That's so stupid. <laughs> but what? <laughs> so he was dead when he was alive. But when he got hanged, he suddenly was alive. I just, what? So... The twist that Selena was not really Catwoman in the thing. That was cool. I really liked that. The fact that Bruce was <sighs> appearing to be dead. I mean, the only thing that made sense to me was that the Asmar might have had control of him during that time. So that's why he said what he said. And then the adrenaline. I don't know, dude. Let me, let me help you. Let me Let me help you try to make it make sense mm -hmm. it's comic book science <laughs> because it's not actual science it's not actual no, no i get that but the logic uh, of it was bad there, it, 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 i mean because here, here's something that's typical about hangings not only do most folks back in the day when they were hanged die from asphyxiation but they die from a broken neck. broken neck that's right and and and, and this doesn't happen. You that's what happens when someone the force of the drop breaks the person's neck. It paralyzes them and they're just and, and none of that happens. Well, so I kind of okay, so now I chalk that up to the adrenaline is running, maybe his neck like um crap. Who's the guy with the venom? Bane. Bane. Maybe his Bane. neck like baned out or something and he became super, super stiff and it didn't break his neck. So, of course, he wouldn't be limping. He, his body, and I think his body was limp. Like but it still doesn't make sense. Yeah, it really does. It's like he he didn't this know. Whole, <sighs> no. This whole run has not made sense. This makes like opposite sense. Opposite <laughs> sense. And that's the only thing I can chalk it up to. It's comic book science. It, it it it's 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 like Batman falling from the watchtower through the Earth's atmosphere with nothing <laughs> no, more. No, no. <laughs> that was fun though. But see, that was fun to dissect, and like, here's why that wouldn't work, and that's stupid. This was just I don't know. Like, wait, hold, uh, what, what, what? I don't know. Yeah, his neck would be broken. And he'd be asphyxiated, and he wouldn't have been able to walk to the gallows. <laughs> like, there's just so much wrong with it. Maybe Deanie Howard wrote that part. I thought that the twist... <laughs> A ghost rider. A ghost oh, there rider. you go. <laughs> I thought that the twist was reasonably okay. I, I agree it's extremely silly. I... The entire thing with the asthma and the hanging and the fact that they're doing this in the middle of the city when none of them are elected or appointed officials, I, that's more of a problem to me than magically there's a potion that allows Batman to survive hanging. I don't know. 
I I liked the fact that it was a twist, and I liked the way the 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 team interacted. So it it was okay. I do wish that there was more attention paid to things making sense, but that has not been the case through this whole run. Even in the better parts of it, you kind of have to just say okay. because <laughs> that's the way it needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I, I, I just. I don't know. Comic book science. There we go. I mean, that's correct. If it doesn't, if it didn't exist before this episode, it does now. (laughs) So Isaac Newton. (laughs) Sir Isaac Newton is the deadliest son of a bee in space. Mass Effect 2 reference. It impacts with the force of a 38 kiloton bomb. That is three times the yield of the city buster dropped on Hiroshima back on Earth. That means Sir Isaac Newton is the deadliest son of a bitch in space. This is the first issue of this five-issue arc that Jason Sean Alexander has had to have some help in the art department. How did you feel about that? Did you notice Liam Sharp's sections? So which one? I mean, yeah, because I, I don't know which one's which, but there was one that every person with a cape <laughs> had a little spiral. Like Cass has a spiral and Lady... Or maybe that was, did someone else do the art in the backup? Uh, yeah, that was Juan Ferreira. Oh, well, he also had Lady What's Her Butt have swirlies in her in her cape. Um, so yeah, and Cass looks like she was drawn by Kelly Jones. Um, but then you got Selena's parts, and that almost looks like a real person, and the shading is really cool. Um, yeah, so that definitely looked like it was done by, and even like Ico's scenes. Almost anything with Catwoman in it. She looks like the artist took a lot of time and effort to make her look really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I like Jason Sean Alexander and Liam Sharp. So I'm not, this is not me saying, oh man, the art quality really dipped. But I am pointing out and complaining that DC once again refuses to put enough time and effort into Detective Comics so that it can have one artist per issue, let alone one arc. Yeah. That doesn't bother me at so much that the feel of the two is definitely kind of the same, but... Yes, it is a good match. Yeah. Uh, of all the people, I mean, it's it was weird when Liam Sharp took over Batman Catwoman because his art is so different from um, Clay Man. But here it's like, it's pretty, I won't say seamless because I know the style well enough, but it, it's a good match. It's not, it's not jarring. It's fine. Like I said, Selena looks pretty, so that's all I really care about. <laughs> okay. Uh, any questions before I move to the backup? Do you still consider this the heist story? Oh, yeah. I mean, this had the t- the twist and everything, so it's still clearly a heist. And if, does that make it okay with you? I, I, I mean, just, I just... I mean, I... define okay. <laughs> <laughs> because this is still... This is still more of a Catwoman story than it is a Batman. Yeah, yeah. but it's like better than the Batman story he has been telling. So, uh, uh, but if that be the case, go back to Catwoman. I agree. Which, that kills two birds with one stone. I had a question. Why is she handing him off to Talia? I don't think we know that. We I, I don't we, think we, we know that. We don't know that yet. To respect, so the movie her. can happen. I think it was. I think it was kind of talked about in the Virgin Ears issue. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, virgin years. Yeah. And I feel like that's a conversation for next episode. But So, I mean, no, okay. So I guess in most, okay, first, okay, so two things. So I'm guessing Two-Face is involved somehow, right? Because the very last remember. panel is a scarred coin being flipped, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. So, 
Steph, you can't be asking these questions unless you really want to know the answer. So and I know. It, okay, it, it, okay. It, no, this it, is this it, is the real question. Okay, I don't I don't care about Talia. The real question is how could Selena like why is she giving him up? That's so stupid. I don't know because Selena can't leave Gotham. <sighs> right, she's not. Batman needs to leave Gotham. Right. So editorial is Gotham. keeping Selena away from. Yeah, I mean, ish. Yes, because well, that's. And this is a problem, and this is why I'm irritated that they, they've done this ever since the wedding, because they never should have given Selena a solo title. And I know people get really angry when I say this, because I'm decreasing the number of female titles in Batman. Y'all, you know what? I was the biggest advocate of Batgirls on this whole freaking cast you for were. two years. Mm -hmm. And so this is not about female titles. This is about, I want Batman and Catwoman together. And so one of them needs to not have a title, and it's not going to be Batman. If you want to do a Batman Catwoman title, that's ideal. But the last time we did that, that was a weird future slash past flashback thing. So we're we're in a we're in a rough spot, and uh, Detective Comics and Catwoman are not making it better. Catwoman never should have had her own book because, other than Rom V, it's been a poo fest. Other than okay, so it was Joelle Jones, and then it was her art was great, and her guys. flashback and her like flashback and your dream stuff was great, but her the story was poo poo. Oh, the the Villa Hermosa stuff was just poo poo. That was so boring. Yeah, I was sitting there being like, "Who thought this was an interesting idea?" Because none of it was, is interesting. Was she? Did she create Father Valley, or, was, or what, what? Did she introduce Father Valley? Or no, was that that, that was Romvi. Okay, okay. Uh, so any more questions before I move on to the backup? Nope. I'm just glad All we right. got a little bit of excitement after. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So the backup is titled Voyage into the Light. It's written by Dan Waters, art and colors by Juan Ferreira. The queen of the Orgums sails across the sea to Gotham. Along the way... The crew attacks her, but she reveals she poisoned all but one, and they die frothing at the mouth. The one who remains, she charges to spread the fear of her voyage as she gazes upon the Gotham coast. And this is happening while Batman's still under arrest by them before he gets freed, right? Correct. That's why we see him there at the end. Okay. Correct. So this is a... Um, you know you don't need to to uh, control a giant boat? A crew. <laughs> so you can just kill all of them and you'll be fine. <sighs> so this is a weird backup. It's not bad. I don't want to give the impression that I'm like mad about this, but it is. it feels weird to me because this summer there was this movie, and I didn't see this movie, but I watched trailers and listened to some reviews of it, called The Last Voyage of the Demeter. And it is basically the like three chapters where Dracula goes from Transylvania to England on a ship and he murders the entire crew. So like in Dracula, you don't see that the ship just arrives in London with the entirely dead crew. And so they take that and they dramatize that sort of like missing scene for a whole movie. This is like an eight page version of that movie. And. Since they just made a movie of it, it just feels kind of weird, kind of, I don't know, duplicated. Are you guys familiar with that part? Like either the movie or Dracula the novel? Did you catch that kind of similarity? Nope. But it's, it seems like a very bad guy thing to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's classic bad guy stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, maybe that's also kind of my complaint is it feels a little too classic. It doesn't feel that unique. Like, I don't really get a sense of the Queen of the Orgum's personality that's different than a kind of cliched bad guy. Hmm. Did you feel like she was more unique than a cliched bad guy in this story? This was literally that scene in, like, Star Wars. The 
the board meeting scene or whatever it is where Darth Vader takes out a bunch of people just by sitting there. Remind me of that. So no, it's not original. It's not. She doesn't seem special. What do you think, Theo? No, because I literally do not remember the backup story. <laughs> but I just told you about it. <laughs> I still don't remember it. So I don't have any thought about it. That's just that's just how this story just it's just. No, I'll be honest with you, Ian. When you started, I was like, oh crap, I forgot to read the backup, and I was like, oh no, I to- I totally did. I did. I did read it. <laughs> I I, I would agree that it's just not very memorable. It it feels very inessential, too, because, I mean, so if you weren't reading the backup and all of a sudden the Queen of the Orgum showed up, um, do you feel like you'd be like, I really needed to see that voyage? So here's the thing. So one thing we didn't mention about the main story was that you said question shows up, but Shoes and Orlean, whatever, and Cheshire have a few interactions. Neither of those would have made sense at all without the previous backups about why they're doing what they're doing. Right. So I do appreciate that. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I like in a backup is that it's giving the space and fleshing out what you could do without, but it makes it deeper. This could be doing something. We don't know yet, but probably not because they've made zero effort to really flesh out the organs and what they have was not that intriguing or interesting or what's the word? Humanizing. Engaging, sympathetic. Engaging, sympathetic. sympathetic. <laughs> yeah, any of that. I mean, what I'm hearing there, and I would completely agree, is that what we really need about the organs is we need more information. This provides zero new information we already knew that queen of the orgums is a ruthless murdering you know backstabbing deceptive person right like that's the whole point of learning about prince arzen's upbringing is we find out that she's just been manipulating him the whole time and turned him into this machine and she's super super evil well this story just says i'm super super evil it doesn't give her a new power it doesn't Mm -hmm. explain how she's so long lived it doesn't explain how she got the powers it's just more being evil so no new information and i think that is a problem yeah or or development of anything right right yeah other than we know she's coming and she'll yeah but like We, if she just showed up next issue, I don't think we'd be like, oh. And well, I how did she get she here? here? Ian, was it on an airplane? Was it on a boat? Was it? It <laughs> was does it teleportation? Not matter. <laughs> it would be more interesting if it was teleportation. Very interesting. Okay, that I think that was a pretty decent discussion of this story. There's not a whole <laughs> lot of meat on the bones, but I feel like we we covered a lot of the points. I, I will say I'm a fan of Juan Ferreira's art. I think that was fine. It's a good horror type style. And it's it's very appealing. So good art on the on the backup. Uh, but I was a little let down by Dan Waters because he's been one of my favorite new writers and he's been really good on these backups. And this one just felt like a step down. All right. So let's give Detective Comics 1079 a rating out of five delayed action poisons because there were two of them in this book. Oh, goodness. Um, there was things I really liked about this, and there was things I really did not like about this. So I'm going to say three, three. Good art, fun, fun heist, beautiful Selena. Yeah. <laughs> Two. Just, I can't, I can't get with the story. I'm just, I'm, I'm over, I'm, I'm really over Nocturne now. It's, it's, I think the art probably saved the story, the rating from being, for me. So, do you have a rating? He said two. Oh, okay. Two. two. Now, over on the website, I gave this a three. Um, I'm still enjoying the heist bits more, and I think the art is good. So, 
It's a bit better than average for me. That gives us an average of 2.67 and a mode of 3. I didn't know, Theo. I'm sorry. You should not be sorry. You should be <laughs> joyful. All right, that moves us to our second review, Batman and Robin, number 4. Batman and Robin, number 4. Writer Josh Williams, artist Mikhail Janine and Simone DiMeo, colorists Jeremy Cox and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Damien remembers his training by Mistress Harsh in the League of Assassins. She judged him too softly and slapped him. Isn't it supposed to be harshly? No, she judged that Damien was too soft. Oh, that. Oh, she judged him too soft. Okay. She judged him too soft and slapped him, but Talia was displeased by this and allowed Damien to judge her. Harsh begged Damien to continue his training with her, but he smirked and she was dragged away. In the present day, Shush walks with her robot in the Gotham Zoo by night as her boss, the evolved Man-Bat, interrogates an upside-down and bound Robin. Man-Bat wishes to take over Gotham, so he poised Batman against the bat. Batman arrives with White Rabbit, driving Man-Bat away. Langstrom drags Shush with him, while White Rabbit kicks down the evolved terrible trio. Robin finds Dr. Kafira, but the poison has worn off, and Batman embraces his symbolic animals once more. They examine the evolved terrible trio and worry about what Man-Bat will do next. White Rabbit runs off, and Batman and Robin chase her, competing with each other to catch her first. The next day, at Gotham City High School, Principal Stone up a braids? Mm-hmm. What's that? Scolds. The next day at Gotham High City High School, Principal Stone scolds Bruce for his playboy ways, telling him to set an example for Damien. Damien tells his father that he believes Principal Stone is actually Mistress Harsh and Shush. First question. Do you think that Man Bat is a good big bad either for this arc or for a while. No. I love, I love good Langstrom. Like, what was that? Oh, there was some story with him. It was some anthology story about a woman who's walking home alone and she gets saved by Man Bat and she, like, becomes his friend. She's like a retired cafeteria lady or librarian or school something rather. Anyway, it was a really good story. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was in Urban Legends, I think. Oh, yeah, I think it was too. And it was just... One a, of the few really good Urban Legends very stories. Very And it was just a lovely little story. And I just love when Langstrom is fighting the evil in him or the man bat in him. And so to just throw that all away and just whatever this was, I don't know. me. Yeah, I tend to agree. What do you think, well, Theo? Why do, do I feel okay with it? <laughs> I mean, you can. Different opinions, man. Otherwise, we just have one person on the cast. Which yeah. would be me, because I'm clearly right. <laughs> um, okay. Um, <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. I think it's fine. I mean, I mean, just like Croc, you know, he's, he's, and again, I'm also of the opinion that I wish they make up their minds, you know, once, once they have one way or the other. But I mean, he's, he's, they gave a good rationale as to why he's acting the way he is compared to compared to how he was before, you know, be, before his death. And, you know, it, it, it's it's OK. I, I, I if I had to choose between him, Basil and Whalen, I would pick Basil every time. And so as him a being good a bad guy? guy as, yeah, as a good guy. Yeah. So I think this is a weird choice because I think that Langstrom works much better as a tormented good guy type and making him evil like this 
just it feels wrong and he's never been this kind of master planner supervillain type he's always been much more um sort of a tormented werewolf he, he doesn't want to be the man bat but he is and so sometimes he's able to be free of it and sometimes he's able to be a heroic person with it and this just feels weird to me um also it, it it's man bat it doesn't quite feel like it's a big enough threat so do you think <laughs> this felt like a weird dropped plot thread do you think they caught white rabbit or not oh because <laughs> they say i'll catch her first no i will father and then you they know. go slam to the next day and they don't say oh well i got her first like did they catch her i don't know i guess i don't care <laughs> <laughs> you don't care but it's white rabbit she's so white rabbity uh unless white rabbit is in that art germ cover <laughs> who cares Although, although it was, it was a good pretty use sexy, of, this it was, issue. It was a good use of her, too. Just as the, in the whole damsel in, not in distress type of character, you know, running away from the bad guys, although she was working with them at one point. So it, it was a good use of the character. I liked that she was more of a Selena role in this and that, yes, she's probably a criminal. She's done things, but she's also like a human and was in trouble and maybe isn't. The worst of them, like of all the bad guys in the issue, she was the least one. So <laughs> she was a the enemy of my enemy, kind of. And I, I don't know. I like that. I think there needs to be more of that. See, I didn't see her that way. I saw her more of a Harley. Yeah, that, that's kind of what it, I meant. Like, I, I, I it, almost said Harley too. Like a Harley, not necessarily like exactly like Selena, but a, a, a character that's more chaos than actual like villain. Yeah, she, she, she seemed, she seemed more of. She seemed more of a non-psychotic Harley Quinn trying to fit in wherever she could. And it just so happened to be with Bruce and Damien. You know who'd be fun? Roxy Rocket. We need more Roxy Rocket in the comics. Do you know where Roxy Rocket shows up in the comics? I know I've seen her before. I forget where, though. Stephanie Brown's Batgirl run. <laughs> God, you know how long ago that was? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. I've counted every freaking year. But wait, she was used recently, wasn't like she? Like in the last few I years. I think Superman might have used her. I think she was in some, like, girls' night out, something rather. I think she was in Superman, but I could be wrong. I might be confusing her with Livewire. She didn't show up in that stupid Birds of Prey. No, I don't think so. Oh, think so, but I feel like I'm behind on that book now. No, no, no. The stupid Urban Legend. No, no, no. Oh, jeez. No, that, was, that wasn't her. <sighs> um... But you, you guys haven't answered. Do you think she got caught or not? Oh, well, Theo, I said, he, Theo said he doesn't care. I said I have no idea. I, I mean, I said I guess. I'm going to say no, but I think it's weird. That's a weird transition. Yeah. Yeah. Last question for this issue. What do you think about Mikhail Hanin's uh, fill-in art for this issue? So before this, it's all been Simone de Mayo, But in this fourth issue, we've got uh, Mikhail filling in for it. Well, I mean, I could definitely tell when it was Mikael because yep. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's... Like, I loved Mikael's art. I kind of wish he was on this title instead of freaking <laughs> JSA. Um, so it was nice. Get, it was almost, it was a little, uh, got a little Tom King nostalgia just because he did so much of Tom King that seeing his. Yeah, well, I mean, his first big thing was Grayson with Tom King and Tim Seeley. And then he went on to Batman with Tom King. So yeah. I agree. It's. It does feel like Tom King, but he's he's done a ton of stuff by himself, like not with Tom King, too. But no, 
I mean, it's it was definitely more, I don't know, not jarring. Still, I think they gel well together, but definitely there is more of an art difference. Well, I mean, yeah, there's an art style difference, but I think actually it's the colorists that's the biggest difference. Well, this is with, so Mikhail's been mostly working with Jordi uh, Belair and Tomu More and Jun Chung on colors, uh, especially on Batman. But on Grayson, he was colored by Jeremy Cox, who colors him here. And I love Jeremy Cox's colors. This looks gorgeous. They're a lot more saturated. Like the reds are, are sort of a darker and more vivid red and the blues. It, I just love his colors. And I think it was a great, great. Oh, and I, I wasn't trying to say anything bad about either of them. I just want to say that the one of them definitely looks like there's more like an ethereal glow everywhere. And then. Yeah, that's. Simone. Yeah, and then the other one just does. And again, that's not bad. It's just, it's just totally no. different. Yeah. Well, I think, and, and I'm totally, I'm in total agreement with regards to Janine's art. Just absolutely beautiful. I, I loved it. I think, and 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 I hate to sound like a pooper when I say this, but at some point, I think the male's art wears on you, and not necessarily the, the art, then. Maybe the color. Or it does even, kind of all seem similarly colored. Yeah, it just it seems to become bland. And I mean, you 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 could see it even in the covers for uh, Brave and the Bold. I mean, mm-hmm. it looked like you could drop right into an issue of Batman and Robin that he's drawn. And I think that just becomes it. It becomes monotone, even though it's colored. You know what I mean? It's just... No, I agree completely. I think that's a good observation. Especially when you compare it with Janine and Cox working together with these really bright contrasts. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's interesting because we're going to get Nicola Shizmashia doing a two-issue arc next. So that'll be a a nice contrast, too, because I really like his art. All right. Let's give Batman and Robin number four a rating out of five temporary poisons. So for Detective, it was... Uh, delayed action poisons. This is temporary poisons. Oh so there's a theme, see? Did you know that, did you realize that both of them, one was activated by adrenaline and the other one was deactivated by adrenaline? <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. It's even more thematic. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, well, I definitely enjoyed it more than tech, but it's definitely not worth a four. So I'll say a 3.5. I will say Three, two, five. I'm going to say a three. And on the website, Daniel gave it a 2.5. So that gives us a average rating of 3.06. And uh, no mean or, I mean, sorry, there was a mean, but no mode. But there is a descending theme that I think is fun. That brings us to the end of our reviews. So let's move on to our Greater Gotham. Starting us off, Titans Beast World Tour Gotham. This is a one-shot anthology tie-in to the Titans Beast World event, and it shows what is happening in Gotham. So I didn't know that, so I started reading it, and I was really, really glad that the first story ended before the issue was over. (laughs) So I read the first one with Dick trying to stop Batman Wolf, Wolf Batman, you know. That was kind of fun, seeing Batman still struggling to, or wanting to do the right thing. Um... And then I kind of skimmed through the rest of the issue. So I'll say neutral, but my opinion shouldn't matter too much. Why not? Because I just really read the first one and then skimmed through the rest. Oh, no. I guess, oh, okay. so, so I skimmed through the rest and I did enjoy seeing Huntress be a, a puma, a black panther. That was fun. And then Cass. Was it Cass playing with the laser with her? Mm-hmm. That was pretty funny. And then 
was the last one? Oh, and then Steph. <laughs> Steph John by Kelly Jones was not as bad as it could have been. <laughs> I thought it was great. What are you talking about? <laughs> so that's all I remember about that. If it was just on the first story, it would be a thumbs up. I'm not crazy about the whole anthology thing. Although seeing Steph play with, nothing, seeing Cass play with the uh, kitty was <laughs> just fun. So I will say neutral. This is a big thumbs up for me. Not only because Steph is on the cover and has a great story where she beats up Killer Moth, who is turned into an actual bug. Um, drawn by Kelly Jones, and I just wish she had ears on her costume so he could draw his her ears <laughs> the way only he knows how. You have um, an ear envy for your favorite character. I am. <laughs> I think that overall, it's kind of a it, almost every story is a joke. Like it's it's literally just a punchline. So the first story with Batman, it's a joke about Batman being a good boy. And I'm actually <laughs> self-promotion time. I did a whole video comparing this short story with uh, the Eisner winning short story Tom King did called Good Boy also. But he won an Eisner with that. And I don't think this is going to win an Eisner. <laughs> that one was. Now, um, is it safe to assume that the first story is the story that's in line with the rest of the event? The first one seemed to have more editor's notes and was like it, – it seemed like it was just after something that had happened in the Beast Boy story. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, just FYI, uh, Roxy Rocket's last appearance <laughs> was in the White Knight universe when Asriel Oh, well, that would make sense. When what? Asriel killed her and cursed <laughs> the White Knight. Oh, man. <laughs> Asriel killed too many people. Um. I feel like all of the stories in this were too short, except for the the Steph story. I mean, no, they were too long, except, <laughs> except for, for the, the Steph, Steph story. story. Yeah, that one's the Steph short. story should have had two more pages. Every other story should have had one to four fewer pages. Um, I liked the idea of the Cass and Huntress story because those are two of my favorite characters. But I felt that it was too long. It should have been four pages instead of six. And I did not like the art very much. I will say the whole idea and the whole like arc is so stupid. And I'm glad they're embracing that. Like they're not trying to take themselves seriously. I mean, they're definitely seriously. making it all they a joke. not taking themselves seriously. And I appreciate that. All right. Let's move to <laughs> Batman number 428, The Fosomly Robin Lives. Um, so I only watched the, uh, casually comics, casually comics. I said curiously comics, <laughs> curiously comics. <laughs> um, so I kind of feel like she made my opinion for me. Um, but I would say neutral. It's very underhanded. So neutral. This is a thumbs down for me. And, uh, I mean, to, to, for the whole Jason lives thing, it's just, it's just a few I'm going to say a few pages, but it's not really a few pages. It's a few panels that's actually different other than actual images from the original that just seems to have been erased and drawn over. So, um, yeah, and yeah, just a thumbs down. And, and I have a lot more to complain about this. However, if you want to hear about it, you're going to have to go to Patreon and listen to our TBU Extra, which will be free for everyone this week. So Ooh. take a listen. This is um, a neutral for me. Like, it's not bad, but it is super low effort. So you're basically paying for about two to three pages that are different. And it is one of those classic stories. and It's kind of a fun concept, but doesn't feel super worth it to me, <laughs> even though. 
clearly a lot of people disagree with us and bought it, so they're doing a second printing. Uh, Batman Gargoyle of Gotham number two. Abstain. Mm, neutral. Abstain. Batman City of Madness number two. Abstain. Thumbs up. I am. I am still on board with this story. Um, I am even more on board with the art. The art is just downright beautiful. Uh, still abstaining. Outsiders you, number two. You all. You know what? You know. You all suck. Yeah, I'm supposed <laughs> to be reading this with me. I. My promise is to read the first issue of every new series, and then I decide if I want to keep going. And I decided I didn't want to. I didn't want to. <laughs> all right. Outsiders number two. Thumbs up. It's turning into like an episodic X-Files thing. Thumbs up for me too. I like the relationship building between uh, Luke and Kate. They're they're a fun team. And drummer's there. (laughs) Thumbs up for me too. I really love the art. This is uh, clearly, I think the description of X-Files is a good one. Uh, it's clearly trying to copy the Warren Ellis John Cassidy series Planetary. There's a bunch of explicit mm-hmm. and implicit references. Uh, and that was sort of like X-Files crossed with um, like a Explorers of the Universe type story. And I just really love the Kate characterization in this issue. The really sad thing, I mean, it's not sad, but the sad thing for me is that a bunch of Kate fans are really salty about it because of a bunch of different things. Um and I think Kate was wait, basically wait. forgotten before this story for like I need, a year. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry to interrupt. I need to know more about this this hate that, that that's coming from the Kate so, fan. What is so the issue? Bruce, so Batwing says that they, uh, he and Batwoman trained under Batman. And uh, specifically, some people who are a big fan of Greg Rucka's concept of Batwoman are very angry because... Um, Batwoman is supposed to be independent of Bruce, and she's never supposed to be uh, learning from Bruce, because otherwise she's not his equal. And to that I say, number one, no Bat character is ever going to be Batman's equal. I don't care how many times you try to make someone who's an equal to Batman. It's not going to happen. The only equals to Batman are like Superman and Wonder Woman. That's it. And he has a contingency for all of them, too. So it's basically his choice to be equal. Right. That's just the Batman fan. So I understand you want your new characters to be Batman's equal. Don't hang all of your eggs in that basket because it's not going to happen. Um, yeah, if, if if there is one and, and if there is one and that's only because he said so, who may be his equal or more, it's Cassandra Kane. <laughs> and that's and that's pre current Cassandra Kane. I'm, I'm thinking, you know. Batman and Robin, Eternal, you know, David Kane, Lady Shiva daughter, you know, she touched Bruce in the chest and, and have his nose bleeding in the pages of Batgirl, that Cassandra Kane, you know, the Cassandra Kane that Bruce literally said one of the main reasons why he has her in the family is because she might be the one person that he can't be. Other than that, yeah, whatever. not equals, never equals. Uh, but still an awesome character. And I think that if all your everything in why you like a character is that they can beat another character, I think you're doomed to disappointment. Let me tell you, you know, the one thing I'm absolutely loving about this Kate in this series right now. Hmm? I love short hair Kate. <laughs> I hope I hope long hair Kate never comes back. Leave it as is. It, it's, it's just it looks so much more natural. 
It's a shaved side bob, right? I think so. That's uh, that was a one little of my hard favorite. to tell. It's one of my favorite hairs. Yeah, just just leave short hair, Kate, as is, and no I more wigs. Buzz, Kate. I still don't like Buzz Kate. No, well, I mean, this isn't Buzz Kate. So. No, it's not, thankfully. Okay. Batman, Santa Claus, Silent Night, numbers two and three, because this is a weekly series. Um, yeah, I'm still enjoying it. It's, it's, Krampus is a little more layered than, than just your rat guy. Um, and there might be, yeah, I, I thought it was very interesting. Again, the one-liners are not landing. The one-liners are awful. The writing's it's not it's not the worst it could be, but it could, could use some polishing. But no, I'm I'm really enjoying the story. And you still got buff I mean buff Santa Claus. <laughs> still got buff Santa Claus. Um so since we're doing it together, oh Ian, why you do it that way? See, if you do it that way, it's neutral. Because I'm Cause... abstaining, so I don't care. <laughs> oh well so Steph executive uh decision. So separate them out. Issue two. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I think... Oh, gosh, I don't remember now which happens in what, but I think I liked two better than three. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a thumbs up for me in two and a neutral for me in three. Because two so. is when you get the backstory, right? And then three, yes. they're portal jumping and looking for the guy. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. All right. Was the Might Before Christmas anthology? Uh, and we're just talking about the Batman or Batch family stories in this. So it took how, many, me, how many stories were in it? Were like in three, it. three out of eight. Uh, so I thought it was kind of kind of cute ish that the stories were like little re reimaginings of famous Christmas movies. Um, so Home Alone was Teen Titans. That was kind of cute. And then what else was there? That was Christmas Carol was Kate. Oh, that was so uh, Batwoman. I hated that. Uh. And then. Um, there was Damien and Batmite. I didn't, I was trying to, I was distracted by how this was supposed to be, because it was supposed to be, um, It's a Wonderful Life, right? At least that was the title of the story. It was like, It's a Wonderful Might or something like that. Anyway, it had nothing to do with It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> and I loved Tim and, Tim and Dick kind of letting Damien suffer, think, like making him Is this think- the one that had the Wonder Woman might? Or is that? No, no. This is just Batmite not realizing there's a new Robin, and so he's thinks that D- Damien's a intruder in the Batcave, and so he's torturing him, and then realizes, oh no, you're his kid. Oh, that's awesome. And then nothing is wrong with the cave, and then Dick and Tim come down and basically make Damien believe there never it never happened, and he was asleep. And but they they they've met Batmite. They totally know who he's talking about. Um, the art was awful. The art was was awful. Tim and Dick looked. 40 and overweight <laughs> oh my but uh no it's fine it was a cute story i'd say overall the bad stuff was a general neutral a high, a high neutral i'm gonna say this is thumbs down it, it wasn't really that good uh nightwing number 109 um so i'm gonna have to give it a thumbs up because of the last thing that happens and the whole issue in the backup the story is finally done we're done with Pirate B, we're done with somehow unattractive, open, revealed chest dick. I don't know how that was unattractive, but it was. Dan Moore wasn't drawing it. You, Dan Moore wasn't drawing it. That was no, Bruno Redondo was on this. No, yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't Steph, Bruno. Steph, Steph was asking why it wasn't attractive. Dan Moore wasn't doing Dan it. Dan, oh, I see. Dan Moore just draws snacks all day long. That's all he does. Um. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is no longer the TVU cast. This is the Thirst cast. I just, the, the only reason why I allow this 
type of stuff with her is because we get to gawk over yep. Angel Breaker if and you, and White Rabbit. White Rabbit. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So apparently yeah. Steph's spot. <laughs> That's Steph's yeah. Spot. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, but the second, so the backup really should have been in the anthology. I don't know what it was doing here because it's a. Well, it's because it's Tom Taylor, and he wants to tie in his title oh, with his crossover. Okay. Well, so yeah, Damien gets beastified in the backup and becomes a cat boy, and it makes me so happy. Oh my god! We're not just the thirst cast; we're the furry cast. Apparently, <laughs> shut up! Don't even call me. I hope not. I just like cat boys. It's totally different. <laughs> I failed hey. to see the difference. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would with you there, Steph, as a cat lover. But um, I love cats too. But I don't need it to be a boy. <laughs> Yokai are my favorite. They have a special Japanese word. What is wrong they're, with this they're, world? They're spirits, but they usually look like cute guys. <laughs> oh my gosh! With okay. fox ears and fox. I'll be coming the anime cat. I thought this was the seven-tailed fox guy. The oh, what is I don't called? think. I don't think what um what's his name? Wait, there's a fox guy with seven tails. Yeah, it's a big thing in anime I don't it is it is i'm thinking of um oh crap i feel so bad he's my favorite um you lose your anime fan i card. do i'm I so tired kamasama kiss is oh my gosh i'm just totally bummed. it's something with a k it's not what i'm thinking hold on i gotta i gotta know this otherwise i'll get sued no, she's going to go crazy. How about we l- leave her be so she can think about it? Because she's no, no. not. Okay. Enough. So, uh, Tomoe. So, wait, Theo, you haven't given Nightwing a rating. Look, dumps down. The, the whole pirate thing just dumb. But and it- I think it will surprise absolutely no one that I also thought that the pirate thing was very badly done. And B falls like a hundred feet into the water After with a stab wound yeah. in the gut and is perfectly fine to fight. <laughs> The next day. The next day. Because see, the water was ice cold, so <laughs> technically there was no infection to have to deal with. I don't with. care about infection. She has torn abdomen muscles. Yeah, but it was literally through and ripped. Through. Look, I- I'll use what they say with with bullet wounds. It was through and through. <laughs> that doesn't mean you can sword fight the next day. The whole the everything that Tom Taylor has done would be in this arc just killed everything that I loved about the character. Agreed. This is a completely different character. She was well off just walking off in the sunset heartbroken. I would, I prefer, as much as I wanted her to stay within the pages of Nightwing and and for her and Dick to have something, you know, I thought, I, I felt better knowing that Dick and Babs were moving on with their relationship after dick broke up would be but to bring her back in this form and fashion it's just such a dis yeah she was the one thing about uber rick that was enjoyable oh i liked the night wings i thought they were fun who the the team of like cops and firefighters who wanted to try and be Nightwing. yeah until he got the asses whipped okay well, I mean, that's what happens, right? Um, Catwoman number 60. I skimmed through it and was not entirely interested in spending my time reading. At this point, with this writer on this series, I just would like to see a story where that night Gratchmark just gets... <laughs> 
and the story ends and she comes back from the dead with a new writer and all is well in the world. I mean, I ain't reading this book. Mm. So, so, so wait, no, stop. I got to do this. I got to do this. Mm-hmm. So this is a TBU staff backstory. backstory. <laughs> the day Ian was relieved of having to review Catwoman. You all just don't know. There must, there must have been some glee coming across Ian's face that somehow made it into the Discord server in our conversation after he revealed that, as he realized that he didn't have to do it anymore. And it just created an entirely different person. And then he got the story of having to do detective on a on a biweekly basis, and all of it went away. <laughs> True words have never been spoken. I feel like biweekly tech is still better. <laughs> oh, it's it's better. <laughs> I, I I I can still find interesting things to talk about. I just was running out of ways to say this title sucked, like over and over again. Biweekly tech by Mariko Tamaki with oh. No, no, that was weekly tech. Oh, that was weekly tech. That's right. You had to do it weekly. I had to do it weekly, and it was still chef's kiss. It was was a good story and a great art. It was murder, murder, death, kill, but still. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, Batman Offworld number two. Am I the only one who read this? I didn't read it. Nope. Oh, you read this, Theo? Thumbs up. I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, actually, I was surprised. Thumbs up for me, too. Like... Jason Aaron actually has a pretty interesting Batman. Uh, I still think the setting is weird, but he's making it work okay. And lastly, before we get to Wayne Family Adventures, is Wonder Woman number four, backup only. Because the front one is not. So my little boy, baby John, is definitely dead. He is a sassy person now. He's very comfortable insulting Damien, and it's the best character development of all time. Agreed. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. I do kind of wish I I have no real idea of what ages they are or when this is happening because there's definitely a huge skip between the first backup and the second backup, and it makes me a little sad. And I didn't. So I I, I would guess that Damien's in his early twenties and John's about thirty now. See, they don't look that at all. And no, I agree they don't look that, but just doing the math. Wait, what, what age you gave him again? I think Damien's like 19 or 20, and uh, John's about 30. Well, no, because John's only <laughs> okay, four years wait, older now stop. at this point. Okay, okay, so he'd be 25. Wait, wait. Yeah, stop. Okay, Steph, get the, get the bleeping. <laughs> F- you, Ben. See, I just. <laughs> To, 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 to hear to, to hear about this, anytime somebody mentions age up John with an f- you bend, seriously, I, I hate what you've done to us. And with yeah, that but this this works again, man. It does. It really it. So for a while, it was the I'm older now and they kind of did this farewell and the last adventure of the Super Sons kind of thing. This really shows. No, you know what? Yes, John may be the older sibling now, but they're still besties and they're still just they bring out the worst in each other and the best in each other and it's it's and i think lizzie does a good job of playing off of those two lizzie brings them down to her level (laughs) (laughs) and wait lizzie 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 wonder woman's daughter oh trinity yeah not trivia yeah lizzie's her name trinity is her code name like john and superman or diana damien and and robin or diana and wonder Woman. yeah Uh, um 
Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Still thumbs up on the backup. 100%. That's all we're talking about. And lastly, Wayne Family Adventures, episodes 114 to 115. First episode is called Even the Best Detective. And second episode is Batman and the Signal, part one. So Even the Best Detective was a little predictable in my mind, but delightful. Absolutely. It had bat cat shipping. I don't know why you're being so hard. No, no. I mean, that's why I expect high quality bat cat shipping. Um, Oh, okay. And maybe because I am so into bat cat shipping, it was to me, it was obvious what was going on. But it was still delightful seeing the bat kids just be total morons and not getting it. Um, I, you know what? I skimmed through the second one. I could barely remember it, but it's basically a more serious one, and it's kind of coming full circle from where kind of Duke started, and now he's I don't know trying to figure things like out. Like a full fledged hero now. Yeah, and I, I mean I I think I liked it, but it didn't well, it's leave. a part one of two, it and is. what we should mention is that the finale is coming out on Wednesday of this week, and so that is the finale of season two. We don't have a season three announcement, so as of this. Unfortunately, no more DC Webtoons, which I think is a very dumb move on their part. We but... need we need to do our review. Yep. For the last one. But, um... I think we're I think we're gonna probably get some news sooner or later. I think so. But I feel like they should have gotten out in front of stuff faster. But thumbs up for me. Good 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 stories. Good art. Do we know do um, um, do we know how the announcement of season two was it like while season one was going on the last time or was no, it after? It was not. I don't think so. There was only about a month, but I do think it was after it stopped releasing. Do you remember stuff? Mm-mm, I don't remember. But I would expect something in like the month or two after um, this week. Okay. Uh, that brings us to the end of Greater Gotham. So let us move to our thank you to our patrons. All right. Thank you to Lisa Slack, Denton's Grave, Johnny McCloskey, Ian Miller, Ed Grouse, David Richards, Joshua Lappin Bertoni, Captain America, Donald Townsend, Rob O, Caspian73, Brendan Roberts, and Stephanie Mounts. Thank you all for helping us keep our archive on the internet and available to all of you guys. And that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for listening. And this has been Ian. This was Steph. Before I give my <laughs> goodbyes, let me just wish everyone a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Thank you for all you do for TBU. This is Theo. Merry and... Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Kwanzaa. And all the other things that are going on. Well, I hope you guys have a happy holidays, happy Christmas, and we'll see you next year with season 16. Merry Festivus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's Seinfeld. I have watched like one episode of Seinfeld. It's Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> you have Hanukkah. Aren't they all Jewish on the show? <laughs> anyway, good night. Good night.